Me, 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 but also you. <laughs> the Pharaoh fast-forwards his favorite foreign film. Powder donut. <clears throat> okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. Oh, man, that's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry, I'm going to need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous Walrus, the Bulbous Walrus. The Name Your Price tool, only from Progressive. The owl ran afoul of the comatose Coxswain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law. Hello guys, welcome to this week's episode of the Inside Line Formula 1 podcast. So we have just a few more hours before pre-season testing commences. And Kunal, that means one very important thing, that the 2018 Formula 1 season is go, 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 (laughs) finally. And you know, we couldn't have had a better way to start the season. We've got Sergio Perez on the show, guys. So please stay tuned. Yes, in fact, we have Esteban Ocon on the show too. Uh, We will release his episode in a few days from now. And it'll be Ocon's debut uh, on the Inside Line F1 podcast. And I know you all are very eager to know how Esteban did on his debut on our show. <laughs> podcast rookie. <laughs> but guys, yes, please subscribe to us on iTunes and on Audioboom. We promise you your weekly dose of Formula One humor. And we promise you such uh, Formula One driver specials. In fact, we had Felix Rosenquist, a uh, Formula E driver on the show a few weeks ago. And since we're talking about the past, we've even had Mika Hakkinen, David Coulthard and Nico Rosberg, yeah, on our show. My favourite ap- episode was actually with Nico Hulkenberg when he was with Force India. So anyway, we will keep working towards having more drivers on the show throughout the season. So guys, in this episode, we wonder if Formula 1 cars slowing down to improve the spectacle of racing is a good idea. I talked to Sergio Perez. By the end of 2018, he would have overtaken Adrian Suttel as Force India's most experienced driver. Yeah, and he's actually the team's most successful driver too. We also talk about Bernie Ecclestone's suggestion uh, to Formula 1 to go all electric. And we also offer our view on the halo. And we talk about Formula 1 working hard to bridge the gap between fans and their heroes. And a lot more guys, stay tuned. Yes, so to kick things off, Ross Braun said that he wouldn't mind compromising the speed of the cars to improve the spectacle of racing. Now, first things first, this statement in itself was reported negatively. I remember reading uh, and figuring that fans were up in arms. Some said that Liberty Media has changed the logo, they banned Grid Girls, they're talking of a cost cap, and now they will slow Formula 1 down. What on earth are they up to? Now, frankly, if slowing the cars down a little made them race closer to each other, no one will mind the drop in speed. In fact, no one will even notice the drop in speed. Kunal, I actually agree. You know, some people were talking as though they keep reading the speedometer off the car while it's racing all the time. You know, it's (laughs) it's stupid. And honestly, take Formula E, for example. So I saw the last race in Santiago. And there was a five-car fight for the lead, okay? Five cars. I don't remember when we last saw that in Formula 1. And honestly, as a viewer, I didn't care how slow or fast the cars were. You know, I was just excited that there was so much action. And let's remember, Formula E cars are slow, period. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, talking about Formula E, Bernie Ecclestone has urged Formula 1 to switch to all-electric motors soon. 
and uh, these days when Ecclestone speaks, it is only for publicity, in which case he mustn't be taken seriously. Uh, although uh, I would, not so much about Formula 1 going all electric, but somewhere I foresee that Formula 1 and Formula E might just merge. And it may happen a decade or more later, but I just get this feeling that it is going to eventually happen. Yeah, I, we were discussing this with uh, Hendrik, one of our friends, and he's a huge Formula 1 fan. We discussed this with him earlier today. And it seems like a wild thought at the moment. But, you know, if you consider what Formula E is doing right, you realize that the only thing they need are the Formula 1 cars and drivers. And wow, they're set. That's something that money can buy. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so if you've been listening to us since a few years, you would be used to... Uh, Mithila and me making such out-of-whack predictions. So if you're new, don't worry, you'll get used to us. This reminds me that we were the first ones to call out that Max Verstappen could win his first race on his Red Bull Racing debut. And he actually did. Yeah, our predictions are actually pretty accurate usually. <laughs> Guys, we have all the answers, the right answers, so please keep listening to us. <laughs> wow. Okay, on to the next topic. We have long said that Ferrari and Mercedes are controlling the competitive quotient of the current grid by controlling the engine modes for their customer teams. However, Formula One is working hard to ensure that all customer teams get access to the same engine settings and modes as the works teams. This is actually interesting. It keeps competition fair and I think it should allow more teams to fight at the front and that's exactly what we want. Otherwise, we'll never be able to see Force India, for example, challenge the Mercedes works team. Just an example. Yeah, and that's such an interesting example because at the moment, the system is designed to almost never let that happen. And let's take the case of Renault, uh, where it could actually be more fun because Renault, apart from powering their works team, is also powering two former world champion teams. And imagine giving Red Bull and McLaren a fair opportunity to fight. And that's just good for everyone in the sport. What this also does is that it allows drivers to choose customer teams, you know, in case a works team drive doesn't come through. I mean, could Alonso have chosen to race for Force India, for example, since the drive at Mercedes wasn't available? I mean, okay, there are many more considerations for something like that to happen, obviously. But at least being a customer doesn't mean that, you know, that they're at, at a certain engine disadvantage, as we take for granted right now. <laughs> yes, that's true. So let's hope that Formula One is able to put this change in place because it's a very crucial change to how competitive the sport is overall going to be. Yeah, so we're going to move on to McLaren and we're going to move on to McLaren's papaya orange actually. Kunal, it seems like the team is doing everything they can to evoke those historical connections with the fans and the sport. Yes, but the papaya orange won't be enough to lure a certain Max Verstappen to McLaren just yet. Not just yet. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, if you're a Formula 1 fan, you can now win a taxi ride with your favorite Formula 1 driver in a McLaren or an Aston Martin or any of the cars that Pirelli should soon announce. Yeah, this promotion will single-handedly bring all the love back to Pirelli from the fans. I think they will be pardoned for the not-so-Formula 1 tyres that they had produced a few seasons ago. <laughs> <laughs> and I can tell you taxi rides are fun. I had mine with Paul DeResta and Nico Hulkenberg in a Mercedes AMG. Uh, on the Indian Grand Prix circuit a few years ago. And uh, 
after doing the taxi rides, Formula One drivers being Formula One drivers, they actually got into a contest for who had the longest strip of burnt rubber on the tarmac once we were all done. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, the big question this week is off the halo. How does it look? Is it an eyesore? Will we get used to it? How will things actually evolve during the preseason testing? Yeah, I was pretty sure I would, uh, you know, say it's an eyesore and I would dislike how it looks. But to be fair, teams have done well to try and integrate the halo into their current designs. You know, you almost don't see it. Yeah, and I think I'm already used to it by now. I saw this picture of uh, Daniel Ricciardo on the RB14 going down the main straight at Silverstone, uh, throwing up standing water and while staring at that beautiful picture of a Formula 1 car being raced in the wet. And we all know how pretty that seems. The first sight was certainly not of the halo and how out of place it looked. Well, I know of fan groups that are betting that, you know, the halo will be out of Formula 1 in the first four races. Let's see how the story goes, I guess. Yeah, I have a feeling that Formula 1 will also try and explore the IndyCar windscreen option. But uh, eventually, if it goes in making the cars safer and look better, why not? Why not? Yes. So, okay, now this is the time to bring in Sergio Checo Perez on the Inside Line F1 podcast. Thank you, Mithila. And if I have your permission, I'm going to take things from here. And uh, I had Will Hings, a friend and a former colleague from the Force India Formula 1 team, help me with these questions. So, if you hear a third voice when Checo and I are speaking, you know it is Will. So, Checo, a big welcome to the Inside Line Formula 1 podcast. It's good to have you back on the show. I remember you were there at the end of 2016 Formula 1 season, so it's taken us a while to get you back on the show. Checo, this year you're on course to become the most experienced Force India driver. You know the team very well. Really? Yeah. Adrian Adrian Sittle had 92 races with Force India, so by the end of this year you will, I think, move ahead of him. Really? (laughs) And uh, what in your view is the biggest strength of the Force India Formula 1 team? Well, uh, I didn't know those facts and uh, something makes me proud to be part of this team. You know, I remember the first time I came here and uh, how the team was and how it is today. And I think I've been part of of the most successful years in the history of the team, you know. Um, I've been certainly the driver with the best results in the history, with the most podiums, something that makes me feel extremely proud. and. I believe that this team has more to offer. That's why um, I've been staying for that long. And uh, I believe that there is better years to come ahead of us. And um, the team has uh, people that is capable of achieving great things. I think all, all this team needs is uh, economical support. You know, uh, Other than that, uh, the team has shown in the past what, what can do for Sydney. So the team has had a successful run for the last two years. You yourself have had uh, two seventh place finishes. Early days for 2018, but what would be your predictions? I will love to improve what we've done in the past two years. Um, That will be, I think, for India is facing the biggest challenge ever in in the history of the team. I think the midfield is going to get very competitive, but I believe we are strong enough. So, Fernando Alonso has made a big splash by announcing that he's going to race in Formula 1 and the World Endurance Championships at the same time this year. What are your views on drivers moving between series 
And would you consider something like this in the future? Well, right now the Formula One schedule, the calendar is extremely intense, you know, and I find that, uh, that it needs all my focus um, on, on preparation wise to be able to maintain my 100% throughout the 21 races. I really have to focus 100% in Formula One. Um, uh, some drivers are different, they might not not require that, but uh, for me, my main priority, my main focus is to give 100% 21 races all around the world, and, and that's uh, the, main, the most important thing for me. I think that even though Checo said no for Formula One and the WEC program, if a top team drive doesn't come through in 2019, I don't see it it to be a bad idea for him to consider a dual program. But anyway, Checo, moving on. Uh, what are your views on the second generation Formula E car? Do you think Formula One should pursue futuristic Formula car designs as well? Well, I think Formula One has improved a lot the design since last year. Uh, when you see a Formula One car these days, you really feel impressed by them. And that's the way it should be, you know, big aerodynamics and... Uh, Hopefully, in the near future, improve the engine sound because Formula Formula One is the pinnacle of the of this sport. Yes, I agree. Engine sounds. Fans aren't the only ones complaining. Can you imagine? Even Formula One drivers are missing the engine sounds. And uh, I tell you something else that Formula One fans want. They want the Esteban Ocon interview. So remember to tune in to us a few days from now to hear the driver we believe is in contention to replace Valtteri Bottas at Mercedes in 2019. Adios. Me, 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 but also you. The Pharaoh fast-forwards his favorite foreign film. Powder donut. <clears throat> okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. Oh, man, that's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry, I'm going to need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous Walrus. The Bulbous Walrus. The Name Your Price tool. Only from Progressive. The owl and a foul of the comatose Coxswain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.